Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So welcome everybody, welcome to Tuesday mornings with Oz Zen, welcome home. Please settle into your posture. Take a couple of deep breaths if you want to. Feel your way back into the body. Getting a nice, balanced, relaxed posture. Thank you all for making the effort today to um, be here uh, together, sharing our practice and sharing our support for each other. So the topic um, for today's guided meditation is embracing life, cultivating joy. On Sunday, gone, we started a conversation about modern Buddhist ethics. And we made a distinction between what I referred to as the salvation model and the eudaimonic model or the model of human flourishing or simply living our best possible life in this life. And we discussed how the latter model is much easier for us Westerners to embrace. Most of us don't uh, believe in the uh, in the concept of uh, or the belief system of um, of uh, getting off the wheel of samsara and never to be reborn again most of us are very much focused on living a good life in this life and and of course as buddhists it's not about ourselves it's about everybody being able to live a good life so that we can share in the happiness So as my teacher, Barry Majid, always says, it's okay to enjoy our practice. 
This is not an ascetic practice. We're not masochists. We're here to enjoy our practice. And we talked about how in Buddhism, ethics is kind of more like the cultivation of character, the cultivation of qualities that will lead to the spontaneous expression of compassion in our everyday lives, rather than seeing the precepts as rules or commandments. They're more like the embodiedness of these qualities that we intend or aspire to develop in our Buddhist practice. <clears throat> Now, speaking of Barry Majid, <clears throat> I accidentally came across a Dharma talk that he gave back in 2010, which I'd never listened to. And um, I actually just uh, printed off the transcript of the talk, which is available on the uh, Ordinary Minds Zendo New York website. And this particular talk was called The Three Gates of Zen Practice. And uh, I was quite taken by this talk as, uh, again, uh, a way of capturing the essence of our practice in a nutshell by focusing on these three gates. And he says we must pass through the three gates of practice. The first gate is the gate of suffering the second gate is the gate of joy. And the third gate is the gate of compassion. <clears throat> and reflecting on the, these three gates this morning, I also realized that this could be another way of speaking about the three treasures. So Dharma, Buddha Sangha, Dharma could be the gate of suffering first teaching of the Buddha being about the Four Noble Truths, life is suffering. And then Buddha could be the gate of joy, the way in which we transform that suffering and experience joy and happiness as expressed in the Buddha's smile. And the third gate could also be the Sangha, so the first two gates, the gateway of suffering and the gateway of joy, could be seen as the two different ways we primarily experience impermanence in this world. When we resist impermanence, we suffer more intensely. When we wonder at the beauty of impermanence, we experience joy. And the third gate of compassion could be seen to relate to what in Buddhism we refer to as interdependence or interconnectedness, the notion that there is no separate self. And um, Barry talks about how it's important that we need to pass through all of these three gates in that order, each one opening up to the other. 
And this is something we return to on our journey uh, through our practice life. And he talks about how this maintains a balance in our practice. If we bypass one of them, if you bypass suffering and go straight to joy, it, it, creates, a, it creates a bit of an unbalance there. Um, in the sense that we might use the uh, certain meditative practices to create a, a bubble of joy around us. And one day suffering is going to bite us on the bum later on. <clears throat> if we um, bypass joy and just stick to the suffering, um, Barry describes that as a practice whereas life sucks and then you die. That's not a very pleasant way to live neither. So it's important to balance out this, the uh, experience of suffering with the experience of joy, which then leads into the being able to, the joy in the practice of happiness enables us then to be in the world with others and practice compassion. But it's also important not to bypass the joy. If we only practice compassion directed to others, we can empathize with others, we can forget ourselves in that process and forget to be compassionate to ourselves. So it's important about the balancing of all of these three gateways. And, and sometimes we might experience all three gateways in one moment, the gateless, the gateless gate, suffering, joy, compassion. <clears throat> So today, <clears throat> for those of you who weren't here last week, <clears throat> I think Reese did a really um, excellent um, guided meditation on <clears throat> entering the gate of suffering. And um, if you didn't hear that particular guided meditation, it should be up on the website in a few days. And um, so we're going to, so we've already done the, uh, the gate of suffering last week. So today we're going to move into the gate of joy. <clears throat> so I'm going to start by reading a poem. So again, just settling into the breath, being available to the sounds. Uh, this poem is called The Word, and it's written by Tony Hoagland. Down near the bottom of the crossed out list of things you have to do today, between green thread and broccoli, you find that you have penciled sunlight. Resting on the page, the word is beautiful. It touches you as if you had a friend and sunlight were a present he had sent from some place distant, as this morning. 
to cheer you up and to remind you that among your duties, pleasure is a thing that also needs accomplishing. Do you remember that time and light are kinds of love? And love is no less practical than a coffee grinder or a safe spare tire. Tomorrow you may be utterly without a clue, but today you get a telegram from the heart in exile, proclaiming that the kingdom still exists, the king and queen alive, still speaking to their children, to anyone among them who can find the time to sit out in the sun and listen. <clears throat> so I'd just like to also acknowledge um, um, these practices of cultivating joy, which I'm going to be referring to today, were also inspired by reading chapter 18 of Embracing Your Life uh, from the book, Teaching the Mindful Self-Compassion Program, written by Christopher Germer and Kristen Nev. And they start talking about a meditation practice they call savoring. Some of you would have come across this. There's been a number of you'll find in some psychological uh, books in terms of neuroscience, people talk about how the, the brain has a kind of inbuilt bias towards negativity or towards threat and survival. And that sometimes these negative experiences, we tend to just focus on them and we don't savour enough the positive experiences in life. This is a kind of nice guideline because we do the same with stories often as well. We can focus a lot on the, the problem-saturated stories and, and forget to story the, our strengths or the positives about ourselves. So as part of the cultivation of character in Buddhism, we also cultivate, and it's perfectly legitimate to cultivate qualities that we'd like to experience more of. You've probably done this in your own life or seen other people do it, where they may be doing a public performance of some kind, they finish and they come back down and you talk to them and they say, oh, I really messed up that little lead break on my guitar in the, uh, right near the end there. And they just focus on the mistake or the one thing they noticed that wasn't perfect about their performance. Whereas actually, as an audience, we just enjoyed the performance. So we have this tendency to get stuck in the, the negatives. <clears throat> So this morning's all about celebrating life, celebrating the positives in our life, celebrating the people in our lives and celebrating ourselves. 
the Buddha did talk about the tragedy of life, but he also talked about the delight of life. This is about appreciating the delight of being alive. So mindfulness, mindfulness of positive experiences, being able to recognize positive experiences when they're occurring, allowing oneself to be drawn into the positive experience, lingering with it before we let it go. Because the practice of letting go is the wisdom practice where we, we don't hang on to any particular experience. Otherwise we create suffering. But it's okay to linger and savor something which is pleasant, whether it's a, a lovely meal that someone's cooked for you. Whether it was like the, the sunrise this morning, the full moon the previous night. is very important in our Zen practice to appreciate beauty. Which is quite different to some of the traditional ways of Buddhist um, Vipassana or insight meditation. When I was practicing at uh, Medlow Bath in the Blue Mountains in the Burmese Mahasi tradition, we were told not to look at the parrots on the trees, but to come back to our practice not to get caught up in the sensual pleasures of life, such as enjoying the color of birds or the sound of birds. We don't do that in Zen. Allow the color of a bird, the beautiful color of a parrot, lorikeet, the king parrot, a rosella, Allow them to be gateways into the gateless gate. When we're doing our formal zazen practice or during everyday life, savor some really positive memories that may arise. The kind of memories that often come up in intimate conversations with someone you care about and who cares about you. Shared memories of moments of connection or fun it's not unusual for some pleasant memories of childhood to surface. Even if we've had difficult childhood, there are some pleasant memories that we can savor. One of the memories that used to come up for me in Zazen practice a few years ago was, especially on a one day seishin or retreat, was those kind of long summer holidays as a child, the sense of not having to go to school, 
being able to wander freely through the neighborhood and even take my bicycle up into the hills to enjoy the rural countryside. Moments in the wild, moments in nature, all of us would have memories of that. And we have the opportunity to experience that each moment. Right now we can experience the sounds. Some sounds are human sounds, they could be cars. Some sounds, you may experience bird sounds. Even the sounds of cars or motorbikes can be pleasant. Even the association of driving could be a pleasant experience. Memories of driving, memories of being on the road. It's okay to go with the free associative flow in Zen. You don't always have to come back to the object of meditation and bringing yourself back to the belly breath or something like that. The belly and the movement of the breath of the belly or the nose is a nice anchoring point. And it's a nice way of building concentration and calmness. It's also perfectly fine to flow with the free associative flow to experience that sense of intimacy of ourself, of ourself as process, not as substance or entity, but self as process. We can also take pleasure in the breath, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, just enjoying the natural rhythm, feeling a sense of affection growing as we just allow ourselves to surrender to the breath. A gentle rocking motion, a gentle sense of being soothed, warmed, cared for. Enjoying and enjoying the sense of peace and tranquility, which can arise. Don't make it into a goal or an expectation, but if peace and tranquility arises, allow yourself to savor it. savoring the body relaxing, you know, feeling some of those tension points, contraction points, and bringing a sense of affection towards them, allowing the peace and tranquility to nurture our body and mind. allowing the face to relax, 
really getting in touch with the smile and the heart. As we segue into the heart opening up into the sense of gratefulness for this life that we lead, Gratefulness is a kind of quality of wisdom. A natural gratefulness that can arise, not just in our formal zazen practice, but during our everyday lives as well. The joy of wonder can generate a sense of gratefulness whether that's a wonder that's inspired by nature, by taking in the sky at sunrise or sunset, or just during the day, watching the clouds go by, appreciating the flowers on the street where you live or the park, allowing that sense of wonder to break open your heart for the gratitude flow to arise. When we allow ourselves to savor these positive experiences, ingratitude will arise. Gratitude transforms into joy of happiness. Each day is a gift. Each given moment is a gift. Each moment given to us is an opportunity to experience gratitude. whether it's experiencing gratitude for the porridge we've cooked for ourselves in the morning, gratitude of the abundance of material comforts we experience, the houses we live in, the apartments we live in, the car we drive, the freedom we experience, The ability to sit here and meditate together. Each given moment is an opportunity to experience gratitude. Maybe not every moment. There are going to be some moments which are tinged with or cut through with or suffering. If we lose someone dear to us, then we move back into the gateway of suffering and allow ourselves to experience our grief. But even in the experience of grieving, 
we can sometimes experience gratitude for the moments we did share with that person right to the end. The life that we were able to share together. Rather than loss or bereavement generating bitterness or disillusionment, even grief can be a doorway, gateway into gratitude as well. Gratitude by appreciating the good life that we are already living, the good life that we would like everyone to share with us. Most of us here are professionals or retired professionals, one kind or another. Most of us, most of us have experienced a life free from poverty most of the time. We can experience the good life we lead here but also to want other people to share in that as well, to share the same opportunities that we experience. Knowing that poverty in Australia, global poverty, will only undermine the happiness, my happiness and the happiness of others. So we work towards, as best we can, creating systems of support, proper, honourable social support networks, so nobody has to suffer in that way. And we've still got a long, long way to go in that regards. Finally, we segue into appreciation of self. Again, one of the important things when practicing compassion is not to lose sight of appreciating ourselves in that equation of nurturing and caring for ourselves so we can nurture and care for others. So let's just spend a few moments reflecting on positive qualities about yourself. appreciating your own strengths and also your ability to be vulnerable. All the different ways in which we are all connecting with our community in different ways. all the ways we may give ourselves to others in the sense of just listening to someone fully and deeply. Some of us may literally save lives. Other of us may indirectly save lives. 
the quality of effort and discipline we bring to our lives. The intentions we cultivate to be a good person. Appreciation of how we try and live a balanced life. How we look after our bodies as best we can. I could probably do with a bit more walking. And now bring to mind one particular quality that you recognize in yourself. And consider and appreciate which people in your life have helped you to develop that quality. Could be parents, friends, teachers, even books you've read that may have had a significant influence, the author of the book. And as you think of that person who may have influenced you in developing that quality, send them some appreciation as well. Or it may be more than one person that naturally comes to mind. Send them appreciation. The good fortune we've had to meet people and the wisdom we have had to cultivate those relationships that have been beneficial for us. So important when we're young Adolescents, young adults, sometimes very difficult to have the wisdom to appreciate which, which, which relationships to cultivate and which to let go of. But we learn, we learn the lesson over time. So when we honor ourselves, when we appreciate the qualities in ourselves, we're also honoring others who have contributed to the development of those qualities. So allow yourself to savor feeling good about those qualities. Feel good about being you. Reclaim the happiness that was always your birthright.
As the Dalai Lama said, Buddhism is the art of happiness. And as you leave the session this morning and enter into your everyday life, remember these practices, savoring the positives, the natural arising of gratefulness from the wonder of being here in this world, in this moment, and the appreciation of self. May your day go well. May your hearts be full of gratitude and may you share that with other people in your life today. <laughs>